Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. Today is episode one for the week of September 22nd, 2021. And thank you for checking me out. Looking back, I'm pretty sure I'm going to dislike how this initial episode turned out. But it's a learning curve or so I've read. So please excuse the gaffes and rookie mistakes. I know, I know, you may wonder why another comic book podcast when there are so many great ones out there. Well, two things. One, the first is the length of each podcast, which will be about 15 minutes initially. I know a lot is competing for your time, and I don't want to waste it. I'm not suggesting longer podcasts are bad, because there are many great ones like iFanboy and Word Balloons. One of my goals is not to ramble on, but to nudge you to read something I think makes a great read. The second is a focus on digital format. Those comics you can read on a tablet or your phone. I truly believe we are in a golden age of comic books. There's an unending choice from every genre and every age group. Both Marvel and DC have all-you-can-read services, and Comixology gives you thousands of independents each month. Now, even if you have a room full of boxes of comics and make that trip every week to your comic shop like I used to do, this podcast is still for you. I want you to hunt down a great comic or go dimming through your boxes looking for an old fave you forgot was a fave. I do think there's a disconnect between the camp of those who go to the comic shop to pick up their comics every week and those, like myself, who read them digitally. I don't see it as one versus the other, but two ways to complement each other. Yeah, I used to have a substantial physical collection of comics, but that's a long time ago. However, I think there will always be a place for comics you hold in your hands. As a long-time reader, I cannot count the many times I heard about the death of the comic book industry. Admittedly, there have been some close calls, but I think the business is in the best shape ever. With that said, I believe there's a place for digital comics. Those you read on a tablet, or even a phone. Sorry to say, it has been years since I bought a comic book at a retailer. Physical copies don't work in my life, for many reasons. However, I have found digital offers me value in pricing and selection not readily available through print. Take, for example, Action Comics 347. I recently saw a copy being sold for $775. First, that's way beyond my price range for anything. And I'd be afraid to read it for fear of damaging the thing. Speaking of Action, here's a fun fact. You may be surprised it took a while for Superman to get consistent billing on the covers of Action Comics. After the first cover appearance at issue 1, he wouldn't appear on the cover until issue 7. Then it wasn't until issue 19 that he would be on every cover up until 1964. And that comic was Action Comics 347, which came out and had a Supergirl-themed issue. It is one of those 80-page giants. And the whole thing, Supergirl. The cover says it all. It's the origin of Comet, the Super Horse, and the origin of Supergirl's emergency squad. It's got the bizarro Superman family. 
including Bizarro Jr. The only thing missing was some Legion of Superheroes that's streaky, the Supercat. The digital version allowed me the fun of reading something that I would never be able to otherwise. And I do like those quirky Silver Age tales. And remember, according to DC's new rules, everything happened and everything counts. I do sometimes like to read older comics. Luckily, there are thousands of comics from the Golden Age to the Silver Age in the public domain, which means you can read those for free without resorting to piracy. One of the best places is comicbookplus.com, where you can either read from the website or download comics for your own collection. Looking for some classic scary stuff going into October? Well, you may not be able to read EC Comics on Comic Book Plus. There are other great horror publishers like Harvey's Horror Line, which are available. And I seldom buy digital comics, preferring to read them on unlimited plans through DC Universe Infinite, Marvel Unlimited, and Comicology Unlimited. Each is inexpensive with its own benefits. To me, more importantly, it gives me the chance to discover things I might not otherwise notice. Or rediscover old favorites I've forgotten about over time. I can't tell you how many times I've reread Inglehart's JLA run. To me, more importantly, it gives me the chance to discover things I might not otherwise notice. Or rediscover old favorites I'd forgotten about over time. I don't even remember how many times I've reread Inglehart's JLA run. I believe the digital platforms act as an opportunity to hand off a tablet to a non-reader and say, here, read this. And with the abundance of kids' comics, there are plenty for young readers of all ages to discover too. Speaking of kids' comics, or for the kid and all of us, Looney Tunes 262 came out today, featuring Daffy Duck as Clark Kent, aka Stupid Duck. The series is seriously one of DC's hidden gems. It's all ages. And as a nice treat, the whole thing is nothing but Stupor Duck. The issue made me laugh, and I'm a tricky customer. We need more Stupor Duck. And what does a fan need to do to get a Stupor Duck miniseries? And now for a disclaimer. I'm blaming the whole podcast on Daffy Duck. My intention for each episode is not to focus on one company, or character, or genre. And right out the gate, I broke my own rules. And the whole episode ended up being about DC. But honestly... I plan to sprinkle the episodes, except this one, obviously, I hope, with all kinds of comics. I know some fans may wrinkle their face up with a mental blah at the thought of reading, say, a Golden Age or Silver Age story. But taken in the context of the times when the comic book was published, many comics are as good or better than what you might pick up at a comic book shop. This week, DC released a collection celebrating the 25th anniversary of the marriage of Lois and Clark. At the time, that was a big deal with lots of coverage, including the mainstream press. Except, that wasn't the first time they married. The actual wedding happened 17 years before. The comic was Action Comics 484 in 1978, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Superman. And this marriage was the marriage of Superman and Lois Lane from Earth 2. 
I am not going to spoil the story, but it's been reprinted several times, including Lois Lane, A Celebration of 75 Years, and Action Comics, 80 Years of Superman. It is 100% worth reading. The tale takes place in 1950, and it feels like an Earth 2 tale. Anyone who's into Earth 2 mythos knows exactly what I'm talking about. Soon after, they had their own series in Superman family as Mr. and Mrs. Superman. Back then, anniversaries and special events were kind of handled differently. I remember a few house ads, but that was pretty much it. Outside of Cloverburb, most memorable events often wasn't much of a celebration in comic books. But that would all happen shortly in Fantastic Four 200, but that is a tale for another day. For a lot of fans, those nuptials of Earth 2 flew under most fans' radar. For a lot of fans, that Earth 2 marriage flew under the radar. Yet, I think a case can be made that that marriage has been more impactful on the DC mythos than the Lois and Clark most readers are familiar with today. For starters, look no further than Crisis on Infinite Earths, DC's attempt to simplify their mythology. Unfortunately, in my opinion, it caused far more headaches than it apparently solved. Within the Maxi series, all the various Earths were wiped out and combined into one, and only one Earth remained, at least for that moment. In the final battle, Superman of Earth 2, who survived the destruction of his Earth, laments how he wished his Lois had survived. Well, it turned out, Lois was saved, and in the end, Mr. and Mrs. Superman go elsewhere, but not so happily ever after. Ten years later, they reappear in the sequel, Infinite Earths. Part of that plot involves the Lois of Earth 2 dying. One of the reasons for Mr. Superman breaking out of their pocket reality is to find a way to save his Lois. He believes that restoring Earth 2 will save his Lois. Infinite Crisis is a masterpiece, and Mr. and Mrs. Superman role from that particular crisis still ripples through the DC mythos today. It is worth reading again and again, and if you have it, you should. Before I wrap this up, I need to give a big thanks to Ryan Higgins, owner of the Comics Conspiracy comic book store in Sunnyvale, California. He's always graciously given his time for my questions as I started putting together the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. He's also the co-host of the Geekbox and the Comic Conspiracy Podcast. Comics Conspiracy is one podcast I always look forward to each week. Ryan, along with Brock Sager, Kevin Sharp, Charlie West, and Toby, consistently did out of the park. Well, that's it for today's podcast. New episodes every Wednesday. And thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fantastic Comic Fan. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you next time.